Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, y'all? Welcome back in to another edition of SSPN. I'm back. I'm out of hibernation, I guess you could say. Ethan doesn't have to be alone now. Um, but today, we are going to be doing a little bit of a different video. We're not going to be doing a live stream or anything like that, although we will have live post games coming up soon, and you will see us on other live streams as well. Tune in to Spurs Tube TV Wednesday. I will be on there. I think Ethan might be on Friday, if I have that correctly. Yes, so we're both on there. Got that right. Uh, but today's video, as you can see by the title, we're going to be grading all of the San Antonio Spurs with one asterisk that have gotten consistent minutes this season to just kind of take a look back. We're three and seven, not what you like, but we are 10 games into the season, which gives us a good little sample size to kind of grade these guys so far. Obviously things can change. They can get better. We could criticize one guy and be like, he's playing really bad. And then he could end up, you know, going on a tear, which honestly we kind of hope for at this point with the Spurs. Um, We'll see. We'll see if that happens though. Regardless though, let's just hop straight into this. We'll start off with a, a good note, a positive note. DeJounte Murray, Ethan, what have you thought of him this season? If I had to give him a grade, it would be an A, Jude. He's been solid for us all season long, uh, averaging about 18, 8, and 8, right, where you put both you and I kind of had him uh, going into the season as like a, a good bar for him to kind of hit for himself. He's been aggressive. He's been getting to the cup. He's been taking it upon himself to be the go-to scorer, and he's really improved as a facilitator as well, and we all know what he is on the defensive side of the ball. Couldn't have asked for more from DeJounte, who's also – finally being a little bit more consistent from three-point range. Couldn't agree more, Ethan. Uh, You know, it was so funny because going into the season, there was a lot of talk about the struggles of, you know, the consistency of hitting threes from DeJounte, Derek, and Keldon. And while two of those guys still have some struggles, DeJounte has been the one that has consistently showed improvement. We've seen it throughout his entire career working with Chip England, and it's only gotten better this year. That's really helped add, like, another just dynamic part of his game he's already a dynamic player with his speed obviously his rebounding ability um and like you said his improved playmaking this year but just the way that he's kind of been our go-to guy he's been the one guy on the team that kind of has that mamba mentality if you will so i'm gonna give Dejounte an a i know he had that bad game against the thunder but other than that he's really been the guy who's been keeping us in games so There we go on DeJounte, but moving on to his partner in crime when it comes to those big four-year contracts, unfortunately, Mr. 0 for 10 in that last game. I don't want to, I'm not trying to crap on Derek, but our guy needs to step up. Um, What do you think his report card grade would be right now, 10 games into the season? I'm going to give him a D. Um, and the only reason I'm not giving him an F is because defensively he still maintains a high level of you know being able to take charges and stop some uh, high caliber guards on the opposing team, and that is invaluable, um, especially with us because we kind of struggled defensively a lot of times, and he's been fantastic from there. But just as far as the offensive side of the ball goes, for one, he hasn't been scoring. He's been in a kind of a shooting slump since the preseason started, and you know maybe he'll he'll fight his way out of that. But what's even more shocking to me, Jude, is his facilitating and his playmaking has also kind of taken a step back. 
in my opinion, he's kind of struggling to find a rhythm in the offense all over the court, not not just shooting the basketball, but finding a way to impact the game offensively. Uh, I'm hoping it's just a slump because we've seen Derek do some pretty spectacular things on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but at this point in the season, I got to go with a D. It just hasn't been hasn't been spectacular. You know, when I was first thinking about this, Ethan, and you were saying it, I was like, I'm going to give him a C minus. That defense has just been really good. But while you're talking, the problem is he's the highest paid player on the roster. Exactly. And if you're the highest paid player on the roster, you got to be doing more than just being a great defender. And with the role that he was obviously expected to play and the way that it's gone through the first 10 games and even pop in last night's press conference, calling him out, saying he's got to play better. Um, that should tell you something. It's ironic that this offseason, all the trade rumors were surrounding DeJounte because 10 games into the season, the guy with the big contract that probably is, you know, uh, more tradable in the eyes of the fans um, or they'd rather trade him and keep DeJounte at this point. So just a little bit of an ironic dynamic there, but I'm going with you on the D as well. The defense has been solid, but I mean, there's still times where he's, you know, gotten a turnaround jumper on him there there have been lapses there obviously still overall pretty solid but just the offensive production not a single 20 point game from him uh the big thing that we harped on last year and the big thing that a lot of people harped on in the offense was the ability of him and DeJounte to score together like I go back to that Charlotte Hornets game last Mm -hmm. year right before the Texas winter storm uh and right before the Spurs got COVID where both of those guys scored 26 and 25 points that's what the Spurs were kind of expecting this year to kind to help them guide and carry us moving forward and on top of that Derek is also I believe the oldest play no not the oldest player on the roster but the oldest out of kind of that young group for sure yeah um yeah. obviously Thaddeus is older than him and but out of group, yeah and Doug but out of the group that wasn't signed or acquired in the offseason he's the oldest guy so it's it's really disappointing but I gotta go with a D as well all right well let's move on to Lonnie Walker, who is another player who's had a little bit of an interesting season so far, some bright spots, some low spots. Uh, what did you think about Lonnie's performance? What, what would be the grade that you would give if you had to give Lonnie one? Um, it's, it's between it's about a C plus, I'd say maybe a B minus, because on any given night, Lonnie could be the most valuable player on our team and just go for an incredible you know box score and definitely be a spark plug off the bench that we need to kind of get our offense rolling. Uh, but the reason I'm not going to give him I'm, I'm going to go with C plus. I'm not going to give him a B because to me, Devin has proved to be a little bit more valuable as a six man than Lonnie has. And I was expecting Lonnie to kind of get going faster. I know he's kind of found a new niche as like a playmaker. He's kind of passing the ball a little bit more uh, than I thought he might. Um, maybe that's because Devin's been kind of hot or maybe that's just like a something that he's decided to do. But it's not all negative with Lonnie. I think he's a much better defender this season than he's shown in previous years. Uh, there's definitely an improvement, I think, as far as being a three-point shooter. But just being aggressive and consistent on a daily basis as that six man, I haven't totally seen it. But like I said, it's not totally bad either. It's still kind of just average. So C plus is where I'm, I'm landing for Lonnie. 
I have it in the same place. I feel like we've, we have the same grade so far. I'm trying to give them some variation, <laughs> but I just can't because the word that you said kind of near the end of that is consistency with me for Lonnie. The good news is we've seen improvements in three point shooting and we've seen improvements in defense, which is yes. mainly his role, which is huge. And on top of him getting another inch being six, five, two Oh five, that really just makes him kind of a versatile one through three player in my opinion. Um, and we've seen that more, but still we've seen some nights where it just feels like he disappears. It's not necessarily now where it's like he's turning the ball over when he has bad games. It's just, there'll be games where you don't notice him. Um, so it's good that he's not doing things bad, but like to get him into a B, like you said, we're going to just need to see a little bit more consistency, uh, from the things that he does well. And so still waiting on that from Lonnie, but Moving on to our next person on the list, Devin Vassell, somebody that you just mentioned who has done a little bit more than Lonnie in certain areas, which is why you kind of gave him that C+. What do you have for the man, Devin Vassell? I love what Devin Vassell has done so far. I'm going to give him an A+, Jude. I think he has surpassed my expectations. I thought he would be a little bit better of like a perimeter kind of spot-up shooter, kind of like how maybe a Bryn Forbes or a Doug McDermott has been playing thus far. But he has shown that confidence kind of coming over from the summer league to be a guy that I think we both thought Lonnie Walker would be, which is ability to kind of score off the dribble, make his own shot, to create for others. He's just shown so much, so much more confidence in his offensive game. And his d- defensive side of the ball, he's always been just you know top tier. And it's continued going into this season. I've given him several Defensive Player of the Game awards during our post game. Um, I- I've really been impressed with Devin. As far as expectations go, he has far surpassed mine. I think that I don't know if he's necessarily surpassed my expectations, but I think that he's definitely impressed for sure. I'm going to mm-hmm. give him an A minus. I'm not going to give him an A plus. Yeah. We have some variation here, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, the only reason I'm going to give him an A minus is because there's just been some nights where the shots haven't fallen. It's not that the shots haven't looked good. It's not that he hasn't shown um, the depth of his bag and that what he was doing in summer league does translate over against NBA defenders. Um, and one of the things that we harped on over the off season, and I, we may have even been saying this back in the spring is just his length. Yes. And like him being that long just allows him to beat guys who are the same size as him, like the same height and everything. It's such a good asset, especially on those turnaround mid range jumpers that he's really added to his bag this year. And it's been huge. Sometimes we've just needed to get a bucket and really when it comes to ISO scores on this team, you could maybe make an argument for Lonnie, but I think really uh, after DeJounte Murray, the second best ISO scorer on this team is Devin Vassell. And yeah. for him to be doing that at such a young age in just his second season um, is a big sign of things to come on top of the defensive plays and the consistent defensive plays that he's made every night, even when his offense hasn't been going well. Um, definitely, whether it's an A plus or an A minus, regardless, Devin Vassell is getting an A and doing what he needs to do and showing that, you know, as time goes on and on, um, obviously we're Spurs fans here, but he's looking more like a steal in in that draft. He really mm-hmm. is if he keeps playing the way that he is on top of him now being 6'7". He is somebody who can play through the two through the four, uh, depending on who you're playing. So 
Great year so far for Devin. We'll see how it continues. But moving on to another young guy who in the summer went and got a gold medal and is now trying to get some gold in the NBA. Obviously not going to happen this year. Uh, our man, Keldon Johnson. What do you think you've seen from Keldon? He's, he's kind of had an up and down year too, kind of similar to Lonnie, maybe a little bit better. But uh, that's my take on it. What do you think, Ethan? I'm going to give him a B because his ups, you say he had an up and down season, his ups are unbelievable like Lonnie's ups are like okay he did good Keldon when he's when he's like going on these peaks and troughs his peaks are just like on another level and he and he's shown the ability to score you know with the best of them as far as getting inside the paint and kind of mid-range-ish floaters and turnaround games like it's all there the problem with Keldon is when those opportunities are taken away from him all of a sudden he becomes very limited as far as how he can help the offense, um, especially if we aren't playing well defensively and getting into the transition game. He basically becomes, you know, uh, I don't want to say useless because that's not true, but he, he becomes hidden. His ability becomes very um, minute. Uh, and defensively, he always plays hard. He always gives 110% effort. I think if he could just get out of his head and start knocking more three-pointers down and just taking them with more confidence, um, then he'll be able to kind of get out of that B range and closer to the A range. Um, right there, he's just he's just been very very solid. He just needs to work on on getting those low games a little bit a little bit better. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to give him a little bit lower, just a B minus, and that's just because of the drop off in three point shooting and yeah. the free throw shooting. That mm. I I don't think that like I know that people are like, oh, Keldon's shot doesn't look good and stuff, but like. I really don't think that this I feel like this is all mental. I don't think that Keldon is just a terrible shooter because like there's been times where this year when you're watching, it's like, okay, I see improvements in his shot from last year. I think it's just being confident in like those movements. And I think that it's just like a different place for his body if i know this sounds weird and it's super like hyper analytical but it's like you got to get comfortable you got to be comfortable when you're going to be a pull-up shooter and i think that the angle that his elbow was at and you know the things that i'm sure chip england's been working on with him i think he's just still adjusting to those to where like when he gets the ball like you said he may be hesitant because okay let me make sure my elbow's in the right place let me you know and it's like you said it's it's all mental overthinking it a little bit um so we've seen that drop off. And like you said, we've still seen some games where he's disappeared, which is why I have him uh, a little low or just hasn't been able to find his offense, like kind of in the second half of last year where teams really took advantage of Keldon and like started to understand and slow him down to where he wasn't, you know, just going crazy. Like he was kind of the first half mm-hmm. of last year because people were like, oh, this dude is physical, can play and like has an attitude with him. Um, so teams are adjusting to that, but he's still having good nights where when things go well, he's able to really dominate in the paint. We saw that against the Thunder, even though it didn't work out in the W column uh, for Keldon on that night. It was a great game for him. And, and in those small ball lineups, that's where I feel like he really can just flourish and, you know, beat when you're playing a team like the Thunder, really beat any guy one through five physically, um, mm-hmm. which is just that that is that's why his nickname's Big Body. But we need to see a little bit more consistency from him and we need the body reaching into the bag if you get mm. what i'm saying so <laughs> well that's, said. The, that's the best thing i've done on the show uh and i think that that's a great transition into the best thing for the spurs this year i know we hyped that up for Dejounte, but the man who's out right now Jakob purtle uh the man has just held it down other than getting covid like 
but that's not yeah, his fault. Not his like, fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. Like that's the only bad thing uh, that Jakob has done this year. So, yeah, man, Jakob Pertle, uh, I got to give him an A. Uh, I know going into the season, I don't know about you, Jude, but I wasn't exactly even hyped. the first preseason game. Me and you were texting, and we we're like, "God, this guy's so bad." Yeah, like. <laughs> Like I, the whole time, I was like, we, we got to get somebody better than Jakob. And thus far, he's proved me and I guess you completely wrong, shooting 65% from the field, uh, 14 points, almost 10 boards. You know, he's always been a great defender. We always call him like watered down Rudy Gobert because he's, he's not yeah. quite as athletic and naturally gifted. But just as far as paint presence go, he's right up there with the best paint defenders in the league. And now that his aggressiveness seems to have caught up with his physical ability, now he just seems like on a whole other level than past year Jakob Pertl. He's actually dunking the basketball. He's getting put back dunks. He's fighting for the rebounds, which we didn't usually see in past years. And he's finally gotten that push shot. I know it's ugly. I know a lot of us <laughs> don't like it, but it's falling all of a sudden. So if you can keep this up for the remainder of the season, I will be very happy with what Jakob Pertl can bring to the table. He will demand a contract. I mean, Ooh, like yes. we are going to have to pay this man if he keeps playing the way that he is. I have it with you too. I have an A. I don't have an A plus because there's still some things where mm-hmm. Jakob's just Jakob. But like at the same time, most of that is completely canceled out. Honestly, all of it is completely canceled out with the way that he's played this year. He's been the staple of our paint defense. Um, mm-hmm. He's been block of hurdle. He's been... Much shot passer putt, too. Shot putt purdle. He's been pass a purdle. I mean, mm-hmm. the list the list goes on and on of of nicknames you could give him with the way that he's played this year. He's just such a skilled big man. Um, and sometimes it doesn't look pretty, but he's getting the job done. And that is exactly what you want out of a center for this team. And you can see that his chemistry with the guys on pick and rolls and and setting screens and all the things that he does has just gone up almost a thousand percent, it feels like. Um, Him and DeJounte's chemistry is really, really solid. Uh, I noticed that for sure. So, I mean, not really. I I really don't have a bad thing to say about Jakob other than like sometimes he gets beat on the perimeter. But that's it's gonna once happen. again not his fault we just need to rotate better uh but that is another thing for another day but what is for today is the man who had a great game last night against the thunder he's had his struggles this year overall uh but drew eubanks drew eubanks i'm gonna give drew a c um he has not impressed overall this season thus far like overall uh, he's been very lackluster. It seems like teams have kind of figured out a little bit that if you just kind of take away his roles offensively, he might be a little bit limited. And occasionally he falls apart defensively with just kind of knowing where to be and understanding the rotations. But when it comes to aggressiveness and just knowing his role and giving 110% effort, Drew Eubanks is, you know, with the best of them. Uh, he's averaging, I think, five and five pretty much. As far as his role goes, Jude, I think that he has met expectations, maybe just a little bit lower than expectations. Uh, but he understands that he's not Jakob Pertl. He understands that he's not DeAndre Ayton or anybody like that. He's just going to come out and do what has to be done, set hard picks, set a foul when he needs to, You know, get the incredible blocks that he had on Tim Hardaway Jr. the other night. And if given the opportunity, you know, hit a couple hook shots and maybe throw down a couple dunks. Um, so I think C is fair. I don't think it's too low. I don't think it's too high. I think it's just about right. There have been two games that Drew Eubanks have played has played in this year where he hasn't had at least one block. 
Um, mm-hmm. And he has had four games, or excuse me, three games where he has had more than one block. He had three blocks against the Thunder last night. He had three against the Mavericks two da- two games ago. Um, and then he had a two block game against the Mavericks the first time we played this year. So um, he's shown that he's been a pretty solid NBA shot blocker. He has, if I can do math right, 13 so far through the year with his minutes. I think that's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that it's gone on an uptick since Jakob has been out, I think is a really good sign for Eubanks. You know, I feel like coming in before Jakob was out honestly he I would have given him a d a straight up I would have given him a d but the way that he has performed and stepped up in Jakob's absence is going to give is going to give me to give him a c he's passing because he is like without him right now I mean I I know we're all on the jock train and we would love to see jock tray or excuse me play but at the same time the evidence that we've gotten from Eubanks in the past couple games has been that you know, he, he can play with NBA rotation guys. And like Pop said, and I think that this sums up, you know, kind of the essence of what he is on this team in the postgame presser against the Thunder was Drew's going to make mistakes. Like he's just that's that's what it is. That's he's still a young guy, really, who's coming off two years of a two way. He's still a little bit of a building project at this point um, to try to get him to just be a consistent NBA center. Uh, but other than that, he is a guy that's still uh, his effort is just unmatched. When you put him on the floor, you know that effort is usually not a problem. There have been some defensive lapses, but we've seen that effort increase uh, with more minutes this year. So that really showed me a lot about his character, having kind of a tough start to the season. And then when he got an increased role, it could have been like, well, oh crap, now I'm going to have to be playing the starters instead of that mentality. Granted, the competition has been lower as well. Um, but at the same time, still, the, the way that he stepped up in covering Jakob's paint defense has moved that grade up to a C for me. But moving away from Drew and moving on to our last big man of the show, Thaddeus Young, um, we've had you know some complaints about him whenever it comes to the size, but I think that when you play him against a small ball team like the Thunder, like I don't have a problem with it, and you can see kind of what he does well. Um, even though the Spurs didn't come out with the W in that game, when he's playing small ball lineups, that's when you really see the benefits of Thaddeus Young. What have you thought about his season overall? I'm going to give Thaddeus Young a B plus, and it would have been less prior to a few games ago. But once he started getting more consistent minutes as a backup big, I guess around when Jakob Pertle went down, I think he's shown Spurs fans and you know his team where his value comes from, and that's being that veteran that knows how to score when he needs to. He can create space against athletic bigs. We saw it against Mo Bamba. We saw it last night against guys like Derek Favors. He can score when he needs to. He's got a pretty nice hook with that left hand. But I think where he's most valuable is in two areas. One, energy and defense. I, I count those as one. So like energy and defensive, like defense on the energy. You know what I'm trying to say. Energy on defense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Jude. Energy on defense. We've seen it multiple times. He sprints back on every play. He always tries to poke the ball loose, get easy blocks, get easy defensive turnovers uh, for our team. And then secondly, it's just his ability to pass and be that like rock as our, on our bench unit. You know, if we ever struggle to find, you know, offensive scoring, we kind of give it to him in the high post and let him pass from that area with handoffs or, you know, backdoor cuts. And he can pass really well, almost like reminiscent of big yoke over in, uh, in um, Denver. 
obviously he's not Jokic, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like he's able to make plays out of the post, whereas you know some of our other guys aren't able to do so. And that's just being that veteran that you know understands how to play basketball. Um, so if you were to ask me what his grade would be before Jakob went down, it probably would have been a lot less. But most of that wouldn't have been his fault because I think being thrown in at a center spot is a very difficult spot for him to be in. Being a six seven, you know, power forward almost small forward type player. It's hard for him to play center and bang down low, but I think he's given it, you know, 110% effort. I don't think that's ever been an issue with Thaddeus Young. So I think a B, B plus is, uh, is a fair grade for him thus far. I'm going to give him a B and I was thinking about giving him a B minus, but because of that point that you just made, and I'd actually thought of it in my head before you said it. So great, great minds think alike. We're obviously on the same wavelength um, and our minds are interconnected every single episode. I think. But regardless of that, um, Thaddeus Young, I'm giving him a B. And the only reason I'm giving him a B is because the things that he does well, he consistently makes a mistake on every single game. Um, and that's his passing. He makes like four to five amazing bounce passes that like most other bigs couldn't make in the league every game. But also like one to two of those are turnovers and they get stolen every game because teams catch on to it. So I want him to cut down on those turnovers. That's all I want because those it's like you just I, I understand that he's been in the league for forever and he, you know, feels like he knows where all the spots are. But those guys are catching him um, mm-hmm. so far as what we've seen. But at the same time, the majority of those are still great bounce passes to cutters, and it's really adding uh, another element and a unique element to our offense that I think is kind of unique to really just Thaddeus Young, which is why a lot of teams uh, like the idea of trading for him if that ends up happening. But other than that, you know, the undersized thing, like that's not his fault. It's not his fault that we're playing him at center, kind of like you said, so you can't fault him for that. And he's really done a, in what I've seen, when he does try to box out and all that stuff, he's doing what he can. And there's been times where he's been able to beat guys who are bigger than him um, and tip the ball out and stuff like that. So I think the position that he's been put in, he's really done a solid job, which is why I'm giving him a B. But moving on to our next person another person who came in this offseason but not via trade but via signing is that man Bryn Forbes struggled a little bit then caught fire one game and now has kind of been not really getting consistent minutes like Trey Jones feels like he's been out there more than him Uh, but what do you think of Bryn Forbes season so far Ethan? Bryn is hard to grade um, because like you said he hasn't played that much and even when he does come in his role is very limited. I know we talked about how he wasn't getting a lot of plays drawn up for him. It seemed like, I think we saw him finally kind of get some plays written up for him against, uh, was it Orlando or it could have been whoever we just played uh, the thunder, excuse me. But I think a C is fair because when he comes in, he does what he does best, which is shoot threes and he's hit them on a consistent basis. Uh, It's just everything else defense and, field goal percentage as far as shooting twos you know it's it hasn't been there but that's not really his role but he also hasn't had a chance to show that he's good at that really because he hasn't had that many minutes to go off of so it's hard to say but I think C's fair for now I mean we've had such a limited viewing 
I think that this is a good segue because we're not grading Trey Jones because we feel like even though he's gotten some playing time, it hasn't really been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're realizing this while we're recording. I, we can not grade Brent if you want to because that he has kind of just – it's weird. Like yeah. these last couple games, they just haven't really given him stuff. And I feel like at the beginning of the year, even though he played terrible, it was just obviously because he wasn't in rhythm. And then when he got in rhythm, like it's not like he's going to just not make shots, which was the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. I don't think that that's what he's going to be. So we only really have like a a small sample size to go off of. I will say his defensive effort has improved. His defensive, you know, he still gets taken advantage of, but like he's trying harder, which is nice. Um, We just, and and we just need to see him hit more shots consistently. But the only way he's going to hit more shots consistently is he gets consistent playing time, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if that's going to happen. So this may not be the best one to grade, but if I'm, having to grade him since we're already here c range you could go c minus you could go c plus i mean like it's just in there yeah um but back to people who are getting consistent minutes uh doug mcdermott who is another three-point sniper in the eyes of what we thought when we signed them um what do you think of dougie mcbuckets season so far i'm gonna give him a c plus uh he started off really well um, I, you and I and Rob thought, okay, this guy's going to be our like third best player as far as scoring goes. He's going to average a career high and, and be you know very vital to our team. And I think that's still the case. I think he's still very vital to our team because we saw when he was not playing, when he was injured, that our you know half court offense as far as our starting unit goes looked very much limited. You know, if Dejounte wasn't on the court, we pretty much didn't have anybody to score the basketball. Um, but since coming back from injury, he's kind of been out of rhythm. I feel like he's been forcing up too many shots, maybe a little too quickly as well. He's only averaging about 10 points a game, which is which is good. And he's still shooting, I think, 40% from 40. three. Um, but it just feels like the last couple games he's been a little bit off, which is why I'm not going to bump him up to that B range, uh, C+. Plus. But I think by the end of the season, he'll work his way up. He won't stay um, in, in the C range for long. Fingers crossed, knocking on wood. So I'm actually going to give him a little bit higher of a grade. I'm going to go ahead and give him a B minus. Um, actually, I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give him a B okay. because what he does just being on the floor, mm-hmm. it, even when he has a bad game, like the Orlando game, he shot three for 11, one for five, only had 10 points. But what he did for spacing, just the pre- his presence on mm-hmm. the floor it, is something that, like demands so much attention and even when he's not playing well he's still in those spots those spots that you need to be to set up their offense and i just think that he's such an integral his the threat of him shooting is just such an integral part i was listening to the oklahoma city broadcast and he hit one and then there was one where they got like a contest they were on him and it was kind of one of those running little semi fadeaway threes like along like the baseline i don't know if that makes sense but no it does yeah they were talking about how that was like that's we can't let him get hot can't let him he's somebody that the defense always has to worry about from the three-point line which is something that the Spurs didn't have last season and Mm -hmm. that's I mean I know that's just inherently him having that skill so I know he's like not technically doing anything other than being in the spots but But still something um, you're right the the impact that he's bringing off the stat sheet on top of the fact that he still had you know, uh, basically every game other than the Lakers game where he went 0 for 4, he's made a three every single time he's taken one. He's he's hit one to two. 
Um, and that's, I mean, that's, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for us Spurs fans, we know how important that can be. And then in the Milwaukee game, he did go crazy and hit seven. And you know that that can happen, you know, that's going to happen every once in a while with Doug McDermott, in my opinion, he had that little injury with the inflammation in the knee. Luckily it was nothing serious. Hopefully he can get more in rhythm and we can continue to see this because if he can be a consistent three point shooter for us and just play hard on defense, which he's doing, um, yeah he's probably going to get an A grade from us. So lots of hope for Doug McBuckets moving forward. But the other man who has been playing his position off the bench, somebody that we probably weren't expecting to be a rotation player this year, Kieta Bates Diop. Ethan, tell me about what you think about him. I think this is a good positive way to kind of end this episode. It's bordering for me on a B plus or an A minus. I think I'm going to lean toward B plus and he's done everything that we could possibly ask from him being that guy that was on a non-guaranteed contract going into training camp to beat out a, a, a number a 19th overall pick a couple years ago, Lucas Amanich make the team. And now he's getting consistent minutes as our backup forward. I think he's played pretty well considering. I know if you just look at the box score, maybe not. He's only averaging three points, three rebounds. And he's technically shooting 14% from three. Yeah, which isn't great. Obviously, we realize that. But if you just watch the game, his impact on the defensive side of the ball has been pretty great. Like He's like kind of like Drew Eubanks. I was always going to give 110% effort no matter what. But he's a little bit, I think, different than Drew Eubanks in that he has more natural ability. He's very long. He's very tall. He can guard pretty much, I don't know if he can guard one, but he can guard like two through five. Two through four, definitely, maybe a five every once in a while. If you're playing the the Thunder, the Rockets, he can yes. guard five. Yes, uh, he, he's a great energy guy. Uh, I mean, there's, there's really not a lot you can say about him because he doesn't do too much, but just his impact being on the court. But he plays his role. Exactly. He plays his role. Uh, you can't ask much more. You have to realize like expectations, like what were they for Kata Bates Diop? They were pretty low. So for they me, were making the team, making maybe. The team. So yeah. he has far surpasses expectations, at least for my, for me personally. Um, so that's why he's got to get a B plus. And I think by the end of the season, that will probably work its way into the A range as well. Once he kind of gets his feet underneath him, a little bit better chemistry with the other guys and then starts hitting some of the shots. Yeah, exactly. I mentioned the the three point percentage because he's mainly just uh, a switchable, versatile three four. Yeah. Um, who we're you know sometimes playing at the five depending on who we're playing, but mm-hmm. mainly a three four who is a three and D guy who just knows the spots. But he can also drive. I mean, he yeah, he's had some driver. good euro step layups. Um, I've been very impressed with his ability to kind of be creative getting to the rack. Um, not something that I knew about him, but it's a skill that he has. Not shooting well from three this year, but I, he's not like his, he's not a bad shooter. So mm-hmm. he those once the chemistry starts happening, once he just gets in more, as we've seen with his defensive rotations, that's the other thing I love about him, which is why I agree with the B+, plus, but not ready to give him an A yet because he just hasn't done enough. But still, he's playing consistent minutes. Um, his defensive rotations have improved when he, they first started playing him this year. He was a little bit slow. There'd be times where him and Eubanks would get confused together. Now he's always in the right place switching wise and his size and length, uh, you know, just makes that even more of an asset. Doesn't score a lot, but can go get a bucket uh, driving to the rack if he needs to with his length and skills. Um, and somebody that we were not expecting to be a rotation player for us, but, you know, he is a guy... Right now, 25 years old, 
this is a great pickup for the Spurs, and I think that this is a dude who can consistently play that backup four for us very cheaply and do everything we ask him to do for, I mean, really for the rest of his prime if he wants to. I'm mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with it. I mean, he is a – he I when you're managing his expectations, like you said, I'm not trying to say he's the greatest signing of all time, but for what Kieta Bates Diop is supposed to be or was supposed to be, I mean, this is just a home run signing for how much you're paying for him, his age and his skill set. Um, a really solid player. So, uh, I really like a lot about him. I just, he's, he's just a role player that does what he's supposed to do and doesn't complain about it. And you love to see that. Like you said, kind of a different version of Drew Eubanks and that, He's the disadvantages for Drew. He doesn't have because he's athletically gifted. I mean, this is a dude who won, I think, like Big Ten Player of the Year for Ohio State. So this dude can play and uh, a really good signing, probably the most underrated and underlooked signings of the year for the Spurs. But that will wrap up this video, Ethan, of kind of going through our guys, giving them a report card and. We'll see you guys in the next post game that we do. I'm not sure when it'll be. We might just be on Spurs Tube TV this week. Now that I think about it, yeah, this week I think we're we're all over there. Yes, we are. So just go ahead and follow and subscribe to that, and you will see us. You'll see me on Wednesday. You'll see Ethan on Friday. Once again, follow us on Twitter if you enjoy our content. You can interact with us. We try to reply, like all that good stuff. Um, it's just our names. You can see it right here below there we go (laughs) and then also of course don't forget to like and subscribe to sspn we appreciate you guys and we'll catch you on the next one